Uh, tonight, we are continuing on in our annual focus, uh, fixing our eyes on Jesus. We have looked at Jesus the provider, Jesus the healer, Jesus the caller. Last week, we talked about who? Who did we talk about last week? Who was the guy? He had a boat. Pete, I heard it. Peter. Yeah. And Jesus wanted his boat? No. What, happened? what was last week? <laughs> I know Michelle knows. <laughs> yes, he didn't want the boat. He, he wanted Simon Peter. There we go. Well, you know, it's good. You're almost there. <laughs> You're almost there. Maybe that's why you didn't win the costume contest. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm, j- I'm joking. Relax, relax. All right, so last week we talked about Peter. Uh, this week we are going to be in a passage where we see Jesus use this phrase. Uh, he uses this phrase, come and see. And uh, when I think of this phrase, I think of a few things like, hey, you should really come and see this. For me, you know I love TV, this TV show. And so come and see, it's like a recommendation. So my recommendation to you all is going to be, well, it, there's a picture when, when Luke's ready, but is a great British baking show. Has anybody seen this show? Yeah. Okay, great. I'm not alone. Are you guys keeping up with the, the, week, the week-to-week releases of this new season? Oh, man, it's riveting. It's riveting stuff. It's like the only show that I watch now that comes out like on a, I think it comes out tonight on Thursdays. Is that right? Wednesdays? I don't know. I love it. It's great. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. You should go and see it. Uh, another thing. Another thing where someone is like, hey, come and see this, is when you find a place uh, you find something new in a place that you thought you knew a lot about. So for me, I spend a lot of my time in this building right here at the chapel. And uh, a few years ago, one of the mentees, uh, we were, he was, I have a closet in my office, and it's like the HVAC closet, and then it like kind of dead ends. But apparently it doesn't dead end. And so we went exploring one day, and if you ever find yourself in the walls very far around the corner and back into nothingness, you'll find Cullen, me, and Julia. We all put our uh, Instagram handles. I think mine's changed, so it's not even accurate. Oh, no, I got to go back and change it. Um, But because Cullen went into my closet one day, and then from very far away, I heard, come and see this. And I walked in, and I couldn't see him. And he's, like, climbing over pipes and like went into a wall at one point. Like there's like this, this much of a gap and you have to like shimmy and like move the wall a little bit. It's crazy. So you can get into the walls in the chapel is what I'm telling you. Whoa, nobody go do that. Um, you think what? Oh, okay. And then uh, another thing that made me think of come and see uh, is uh, recently there was an anniversary of sorts, a very important day in my life No, I'm not talking about my wedding anniversary. I am talking about, however, the day that Kelly Clarkson tweeted this gif of Abby that we made from Ski Trip. And if you don't believe me, do I have the screenshot? I don't! Luke, I'm about to stop this whole thing and airdrop you the screenshot that I took. I didn't put it? Oh, it's on my computer, Luke. Luke, the whole reveal. The whole reveal, Luke! I'm doing this, I'm I'm opening my computer. Um, this is so important that everyone knows that Kelly Clarkson used a GIF I made. It's the only good thing that's ever happened in my life. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. I'm joking, of course. 
Surely there's a screenshot somewhere. Uh-oh, Luke, I can't find it. Ah, uh, there it is, there it is. Hold on. It'll be worth it. It won't be worth it. Is it Mike Wazowski? Oh, gosh, everybody in the... Stephen Watts? Did you get it? Is it Luke Waldrop? I'm trying. Okay, hold tight, guys. I, I, I feel like I had, it, I had a, such a good reveal ready about Kelly Clarkson using a, a gift that I made, and now, I'm, now it's bad. I know, I know, I know. I'm work, we're working on it. But uh, there it is. Well, it's because it was, not, it was cropped better on my computer, I promise. So this says Kelly Clarkson. There's the check mark. I'm not a liar. There's a check mark. And that's the Abby GIF. And she's, she was dropping an album three years ago today. Uh, on October, or three years ago yesterday today. Three years ago yesterday. She dropped an album the day before. Doesn't matter. Anyway, and Abby, I was actually on, I was in Atlanta. I was on vacation. And uh, Abby called me like seven times in a row. And I was like, I'm on vacation. Like, stop calling me about whatever it is. And then I finally answered, and she was like, get on Twitter now. You have to see this. And I was like, what? And she was like, Kelly Clarkson used the gif of me. This is the greatest day of my life. And uh, Abby and I get excited. I call her every year, or I go try to see her every year on that day. We, have a, we, have, we talk about it. It's good times. But it was one of those things that, like, if I told you that Kelly Clarkson tweeted something that I made, you'd be like, you're a liar. But, like... You had to see it. I had to show you it. Uh, and so anyway, this passage we're looking at tonight, Jesus, to, uh, the, the, the phrase come and see is used twice. The first time is disciples asking him a question. His response to them is come and see. And the second time is there's this guy, Philip, and he's running, he runs into his friend Nathaniel, and Nathaniel is like, what do you mean? Like you met the, the God incarnate? Like what are you talking about? And he says, as an invitation to Nathaniel to come and see because he just can't describe this thing in words. You have to come experience it. You have to come and see. And there's actually a third way it's, it's used. Um, it's used as John is writing his gospel. John is writing his gospel to his readers, to us. He's saying, come and see about this guy, Jesus. Like, come and see who he is and what he's all about. And uh, the Greek word that John uses uh, that gets translated into C. It's actually a couple different words with different meanings. And so we're going to look at three of those different meanings that he uses here and, uh, and, and in this passage, and we'll see uh, the different ways. It's, it's not just come and see, but there's a little more nuance to it. And the first one we're going to look at uh, is come and see and come and consider. All right? Come and consider. And so this, uh, this verb, uh, this word consider that gets translated to see still in English. Uh, it's kind of like courtroom language. It's a little like higher, higher up there. Uh, and John's writing saying that this is like an evidence. He's using it as evidence to see for yourself that Jesus is who he says he is. Um, C.S. Lewis uh, wrote this book called Mere Christianity, and in it he has this chapter uh, called Liar, Lunatic, and Lord. And basically what the whole chapter he's looking at this idea of if you look at what Jesus says about himself in the Bible, if you look about what people who were there wrote about Jesus, there are three conclusions that you can make about Jesus. You can say he is a liar, that uh, he, he lied about the things that he did. You can say that he really believed that he did these things, but he's a lunatic, he's crazy, like there's no way that that's true. Or you can look at what he said is true and that he is 
Lord. Uh, and so in this passage we're going to look at in John chapter 1, uh, this come and consider idea is kind of in that same vein of what C.S. Lewis is writing about. It's like, you might think I'm a liar, Jesus is saying. You might think I'm a lunatic, but I will show you. Come and see. Come and consider that I am who I say I am. I am the Lord. Uh, and so uh, John chapter 1, verse 35, we'll pick up there. And uh, there's going to be two invitations to consider this evidence, to consider that Jesus is who he says he is. So verse 35 through 37 it says, The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. Uh, so it's John the Baptist. And he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. So John the Baptist is hanging out with two of his disciples. They're his disciples. They follow John the Baptist. And he walks, and Jesus walks by, and they're like, whoa, that's Jesus. And then the disciples are like, see you, John. We're going with that guy. And they follow Jesus. And uh, as they get up to Jesus, Jesus asks them in verse 38, Jesus turns and saw them following and said to them, what are you seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? They ask him, where are you staying? And that's a little interesting, right? So Jesus asked them, what are you seeking? Because at that time, the people in that area are currently under Roman occupation. So a lot of people were seeking someone to come and be a king of the region, to kick the Romans out, to be a ruler, to be a warrior, to bring balance to the political, economic, and social systems in the area. What are you seeking? And they say, in response to that, where are you staying? Which seems a little weird, but it's actually the right move. Because at that time, a rabbi, a teacher, anybody, not just Jesus, but any rabbi or teacher at that time would have had disciples, would have had people who followed him. They, loved, they lived with him. They ate with him. They walked and talked with him. They went everywhere with the rabbi. Basically, what they're saying by asking, where are you staying, is that we're in. We're, we're, we're not looking for this, this uh, political ruler. We're not looking for a warrior like like you say, John the Baptist says you are Lord. You say you are Lord. Like we are in. Where are you staying? We want to follow you. And to that, Jesus doesn't respond, okay, great, first step. You have to sign all these documents and say this and do this. There's all these boxes you need to check. No, Jesus only responds to them by saying, come and you will see. Come and consider for yourself. I'm not going to convince you that I'm Lord by doing these things or making you sign pledges or all these things. Like, come and you'll see. Come and consider for yourself that I am who I say I am. Consider for yourself if I'm a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Uh, and then the, later on in chapter 1 in verse 46, uh, did I, what's that, what did I put up there? 43. So 43 through 46, it says, the next day, so this happens with them. The next day, Jesus decides to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethesda, Bethsaida, sorry, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, how do you know, uh, whoa, jumped like three verses. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth. Philip said to him, come and see. We see it again. Come and see. Come and consider. Philip tells Nathaniel, I found the Messiah. 
this, that what Moses, who the Bible is, who the Old Testament is talking about, I found him. And Nathaniel says, can any good come from Nazareth? Nazareth is basically only known because of how, like, nothing it is. Uh, Nazareth is a pile of sticks. And besides, if you look at the Old Testament, you'll see, like, it doesn't say the Messiah is coming from Nazareth. It says that the Messiah is supposed to come from Bethlehem. So Nathaniel's got all these things going on. He's asking these questions. He's like, can anything good really come from Nazareth? Like, are you sure you know what you're talking about? And Philip just says, come and see. Come and consider for yourself. And we might have questions too. Maybe they're not about why Nazareth is the place that Jesus is coming from. But maybe we're, we're struggling with something. We're doubt, doubting what we're reading or what, what you're hearing. Maybe you've never really encountered Jesus before and you're still trying to wait and, and figure that out. And John is telling us to come and see, come and consider, see for yourself that Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus is not a liar. Jesus is not a lunatic. Jesus is Lord. And so the second, takes us to the second way, uh, the second uh, come and see meaning and that is uh, come and be known. And uh, when, when I look at this, like, don't we all just want to be known by someone? Isn't that like why we do pretty much everything that we do? Is that so someone out there, we can say and, and know for sure, like, they know who I am. They care about me. When they ask, how are you doing? They actually care about the answer. They don't just expect a, oh, I'm good. How are you? Follow up. When we feel known, we feel loved. And there's an encounter right after what we just looked at with Nathaniel and Jesus where we can really see the depth of what it means to be known and what it means to be loved uh, between Nathaniel and Jesus. And so picking up in verse 47, picking up in verse 47, uh, it says, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming toward him and said, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. That's a pretty great greeting, Right? Nathaniel's walking towards Jesus, and Jesus says, Behold, an Israelite indeed, uh, who, in whom there is no deceit. So that's what I would love to hear Jesus say as I, as I came before him. And Nathaniel said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And Nathaniel answered him, and I'll just keep, oh, actually, I won't keep going. I lied to you. Uh, so, verse 48 there, it says, Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. And we don't know what Nathaniel did. They don't talk about what happened under that fig tree. We don't know if it was good or bad or what was going on. But his response to Jesus saying this is telling. Verse 49, Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are king of Israel. And there's those exclamation points in there. They, they want you to know, like, like, this is an exclamation. Like, this is a proclamation. I imagine he falls to his knees. I imagine he, he, he's, like, saying this in, like, a, oh, my gosh, like, this can only be true because you know this about me, because you saw what happened under the fig tree. This big response Nathaniel has probably means the fig tree was a big deal, was probably even a big secret. We all have secrets, we all have a shame. We all have things we don't want people to find out, things we don't even like to admit about ourselves. Jesus looks at Nathaniel and says, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathaniel is known by Jesus in that moment, even things he doesn't want known. He realizes he is completely known, but he is also completely loved. 
And Jesus' response is the same to us. Whatever our fig tree is, you are known by Jesus. You are loved completely by Jesus. Come and see, come and consider, come and be known. And the final, the final thing is come and obey. Uh, we see when Philip encounters him in verse 43, uh, Jesus responds to him, follow me from this place to that place, long journeys or short journeys, leading to wherever Philip needs to go. Jesus says, follow me because you'll be better off than if you walk alone. Uh, in, in between the two sections we read, Jesus actually talks to Simon and changes his name right here to Cephas, which means Peter. This is the name change of Simon to Peter. He changes his name. There's a new identity for Peter, and there's a new identity for us in Christ if we follow him, if we come and obey. And at the end of this passage in verse 51, uh, there's something pretty interesting that stands out. And it says, and he said to him, so this is Jesus responding to Nathanael after he exclaims, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. Truly, truly, I say to you, he says, and in, that's the ESV, and if you read the King James, it's, it says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, which I feel like sounds very Shakespearean, it sounds very poetic, but if, it's trans, if you translate it originally, the verily, verily, the truly, truly, uh, it means amen and amen, amen and amen, I say to you. And it sounds a little weird, right, to hear amen, amen at the beginning of the sentence. Normally we hear that at the end, and even back in this time, you'd go into the temple, uh, you'd hear some, uh, the priest uh, or a rabbi read from the Torah, they would teach on the meaning of the section they read, and then they would look over to the elders who were sitting there in the room, and they would give an amen, amen at the end of the message, elders saying that, yeah, we approve that, we accept what you said, that's good and right and, and a good teaching, good job, you did that, that's okay in our book. And that's not, that's not how Jesus does this. It's not, I teach, I tell you something, and now you get to decide, you get to approve, you get to give your own amen and amen here. Jesus says, when I speak, I speak with authority and to show you the amen and amen will go first before I say anything to let you know that what is about to follow is good and is true and is worth being obeyed. We take sometimes our, our amen stamp, right? Like we like to stamp our own things. And as we're reading the Bible, sometimes we'll go through and be like, yep, that's good, I can do that. Yep, I'll obey that. Yep, that's good for me. And then sometimes we're like, yeah, we'll just skip that page. I don't know about that. Maybe not that chapter. And we pick and choose. And I, and I think if we pick and choose from what Jesus is saying, we are making Jesus into an image of us instead of allowing him to make us into his image. When we get into difficult times in our lives, occasions or situations where we need to lean on Jesus, lean on his image, lean on our faith in, he, in him and in who he says he is, if we pick and choose our way through God's word, Jesus, the Jesus we've created out of our image is going to crumble. But if we let Jesus speak authority into our lives, put our faith on the foundation of what he says is good and true, if we take the amen, amen at the beginning of his word, of God's word, as, as a declaration that this is true and that he has the authority to say that it's true, 
he is not a liar, that he is not a lunatic, but that he is Lord. The foundation will not crumble, but hold us up during that difficulty, during that time, during that occasion. Uh, and finally, just to land on, on the last thing here, uh, Jesus asked, we, we saw it earlier and we looked at it in the context of the day, but he asked this question in verse 38. He says, what are you seeking? And I think as we have tried to apply that to what we're going through now in our time, what are we looking for, right? What are we seeking? Are we seeking forgiveness, hope, freedom from sin, freedom from the destruction that that sin has left in our lives? Are we seeking meaning? Are we seeking purpose? Are we seeking a life that, that we know to be good and true because you feel like right now you just don't have that? Whatever we are seeking, Jesus, his response to us, he says, come and see, come and consider, come and be known by me, come and obey Come and consider that I am who I say I am, that I am not a liar, a lunatic, but I am the Lord. Come and be known in your triumphs and in your tragedies. Come and obey. Let him speak the amen, amen into your life. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight in small groups. Uh, and hopefully um, we can look at uh, the different ways that we can come and consider, come and be known, and come and obey Jesus. Uh, so I'll pray for us real quick, and then we'll break out into small groups. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you so much for everyone here in this tent, uh, every, all the leaders, all the students, everyone here who, who is ready uh, to learn more about you, to come and see, to come and consider, to know that you are God, that you are Lord, and that you want to know us. You want to love us. God, whatever we are seeking for in our lives, whatever fig tree that we may have that we try to hide, that we try to keep hidden from you, we know that you see it. We know that you know about what happened under the fig tree, and we know that no matter what that is, no matter how bad it makes us feel, God, we know that you know us, you love us, that we are valuable to you, and that you went on that cross and died to take away whatever destruction was there from our sin. God, we love you, and we praise your name and your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen.